Most people who go into becoming creators have the goal of quitting their full-time job to pursue a career in social media, right? You build your relationships with brands so that they're hopefully coming back to you time and time again to work together. Imagine you build those relationships and then every month like clockwork, these brands come to you and offer you thousands of dollars for huge campaigns and you're living solely off your income from sponsored work. I get that. It sounds like a dream. And that's because for most it is. It's not realistic for a majority of creators to 100% rely on their income from sponsored posts to pay their bills and provide a steady, keyword steady, full-time income. This is why having a safety net is mandatory for all creators. Sure, most will only quit their job when they've saved up enough money to hold them over if things are slow, But the constant hustle of making sure that money doesn't run out can be a lot of pressure. But you know what can help solve that problem? Having multiple streams of income. Getting your income from various different avenues of your creator business is crucial, even mandatory, for finding long-term success as a creator. So what kind of income streams can you have to ensure you'll consistently have the dough to pay your bills and more? I'm Kristen Busquette, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. This week, we're here with Harley Jordan, a creator coach and owner of All Influence Management, where she coaches and manages creators to build a brand that feels right and fully monetize their online presence with multiple streams of income. She's negotiated over $200,000 in brand deals for clients of her agency this year. Today, we're diving into everything you need to know about building long-term monetary success as a full-time creator. What options are there for income? What about passive income? How can creators sell to their audience in a way that feels authentic? We're giving you the scoop on all things, multiple streams of income. This My Biz BFF is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 45 of Social Scoop. This is Kristen, and I'm so excited that you're here as usual. We are 45 episodes in and almost at a year of Social Scoop podcast. Also, I wanted to say thank you so much because we just hit 10,000 downloads, which is a huge milestone for me. I literally wanted to start this podcast for so long, and I made a thousand different excuses as to why I couldn't. And so one day last October, I straight up with no plan sat down and recorded the first episode because I said to myself, listen, if we're going to ever do this, we have to stop thinking of excuses, like sit down and record the episode. So I did, and that was almost a year ago, and we're hitting this huge milestone. I literally can't believe that we are where we are. So thank you so much. Every single share you guys post on stories or every single review you give us, whenever you share the podcast with a friend, that is truly the best compliment that you can give us, and you've been doing so much of it. So I really, really appreciate you. Now, back in, say, 2017-ish, this is when I was first getting my start as a creator. And back in 2017, guys, like, the creator industry was literally nothing like it is today. I had absolutely no one to help me. No one understood this industry, like, very few people. And the people that did understand the industry were not willing to share the information that they had to be successful. And so when I was going through this whole like becoming a creator journey, I had absolutely no one to hold my hand and I had no guidebook. So I can't even tell you how much trial and error that I did to get to where I am today. But the things that I have learned through all of that trial and error have just been so, so helpful and like just so eye-opening. And that is what I share with all of my members in my monthly membership community. So I wanted to give you guys a little reminder that if you are in that stage where you're just really trying to figure out how to monetize consistently, how to make this into an actual career, how to work with brands more consistently and build those relationships... I can tell you that with all the experience I've had over the years, I've truly seen everything. And so in my membership community, I make sure 
to create resources, templates, guides, our exclusive podcast episodes, and our live Q&A office hours, all of the different options that we have to help you in the membership are truly there from what I've learned from experience. But you also have access to me to hold your hand through the whole process. So if you need a little bit of help, do not be afraid to ask for help. That is truly the best way that you can get to where you want to be because you can learn through all of my mistakes and experiences instead of having to waste that time going through your own mistakes and possibly losing out on money, losing out on opportunities. So I'm here if you're interested in learning more about our monthly membership community. Definitely check out the link in the show notes and I hope to see you there. This week, Instagram is testing a new repost feature. So this is really similar, I think, to what TikTok is doing where we can repost things and then you'll see them on the feed if you follow that person. I actually have been doing this a little bit recently with like videos that I find that I just I think are so funny or so valuable. I really like the feature on TikTok. However, I think it's kind of weird for Instagram. My first thought was like, is this person's content going to live on my feed? Because I have said this before. I'm someone who truly does still care (laughs) about what it looks like on my feed. And I know some people don't, but like I could just never make my feed, you know, like not look the way that it does because I wanted to repost stuff. So that was my first thought, but I dug into it a little bit more and I got some information. So essentially what they say, this is recommend a post your friends may enjoy by reposting it to your feed or story. So we know that we can post it to our story already, right? Now you'll be able to share other people's posts to your profile, but essentially it's going to be in a separate section as of what they're testing right now. Who knows if this is how it will be released. It looks like these posts would live on a separate tab next to the tagged photos section. So it looks just kind of like the arrows that are going around in a circle, like the little repost kind of emoji. And you would be able to click on that and see the things that people have reposted to this repost section, which I think that's fine. But my other issue with that is it does take people away from spending time on our profile files, which at the end of the day, if you're trying to build your presence here, you really do want people to spend the majority of their time on your content, consuming the things that you've created so that you can have, you know, better reach and and better results. So I think that with Instagram saying like, we're all for small creators, I get that like sharing other people's content can help them grow if they are small creators. But also like sometimes I think we do have to be a little selfish because we're kind of like, you know, fighting tooth and nail to get reach right now. So having like the idea of like me sending people to others pages right now just like isn't something I'm super interested in. Call me selfish. Call me selfish if you need to. But listen, I'm just being honest. Okay. Also, Instagram is testing the ability to go live only for your close friends. So this is something that I don't know that I can really see myself using. I have to say, I do not utilize the close friends feature as much as I should. Sometimes I just don't really feel like I have a lot to say. Like I say what I need to say publicly for the most part on my regular stories. So I don't really use close friends a ton, but either way, Only your close friends will be able to watch this and be notified that you're actually going live. So I can see using this almost more as like a business tool. So if you were to put like if you have students that you're coaching, you could put all your students on your close friends and like use that as a tool like, hey, guys, I'm going live. You could go live on Instagram. So I don't know, like I can see it like being more of like a business tool than I can like useful for actually talking to my close friends because like I just do that on stories. But hey, that's just me. That's just me. So that was actually all of the news that we had this week. There's not a ton going on, which I am not mad about. It's fine. Sometimes they overload us with way too much stuff and I literally feel bad for dumping it all on you guys. So I think this was a good week for news. Okay, so did you guys know that we actually have a physical planner, a physical social media daily planner? So every entrepreneur, influencer, small business owner, and content creator will benefit from our Social Mate social media planner in their arsenal of tools so that you can be more successful 
on the social media platforms, right? So this three-month undated daily planner has space for your daily tasks, appointments, to-dos, social media posts. And it also gives you nearly 50 business and social media tips throughout the weeks so that you can be learning and kind of like getting new inspiration as you go along. And it also has 12 two-page spreadsheets that are blank so that you can use them for income tracking, partnership organization, photo shoot planning, content ideas. I mean, like the list goes on on how you can use this, but it is blank, which I love. That was a huge thing for me when designing it because I am someone who picks up a planner for a month, absolutely falls in love with it and is like, okay, I need to change it up. But then when I come back to that planner, like six months later, I fall in love with it again. So honestly, I hope that you do the same thing with the Social Mate Planner. It is available super inexpensive on our Etsy shop. You can get it literally for the price of your lunch that you get with your girlfriends this week. So check that out. It's a great business resource. And without further ado, we're going to talk to my friend Harley Jordan today. You guys are going to absolutely love her. Harley and I totally hit it off. And maybe we're going to have something in the works in the future together. We shall see. You guys will love her. I hope you get all the tea that you need on multiple streams of income. Without further ado, here's Harley. All right, guys. So we are here today with Harley, who I'm so excited. We just had a conversation on her podcast and and we had a blast, honestly. So I'm really excited to do it again. Thanks for coming on, Harley. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. I have just been stalking. You're like my girl crush of Instagram right now, I swear. Like anytime your posts come up, I'm like, we're just, I just want to be best friends. Like how can I insert oh myself my into your life? <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I said this to you before. I feel the same way about you. So I, I love that we've come together. <laughs> and anytime you talk about like anything that you're teaching, I'm like, yep, same page, same page, same page. <laughs> Maybe we need to just collaborate on a, a program or something one day because apparently um, we have all the same ideas. <laughs> don't tempt me with a good time. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay, tell us for everyone who doesn't know, you know, who you are and basically how you got started as a creator. Yeah, of course. So I am a creator coach and I own an agency called All Influence Management. I actually started this whole journey uh, during COVID. I was laid off from laid off from my job. I was working in business operations. I had jumped around between a couple of not so great jobs and not so great work environments for a while. And the problem that I kept running into was I felt like I couldn't be me. I felt like I was too blonde, too young, too little, too bubbly. You know, I didn't have the respect that I wanted to. And whenever I was walking into these meetings with these, you know, old men in their C-suite title, I felt like a little peon. So... (laughs) It was always a conversation with me and my husband of like, well, in five years, in seven years, when you can start your own business, yada, 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 this is what it's going to be like. And that was always the long term plan. So when COVID hit, I had just jumped into a new job and I was last to be hired, first to be fired. My entire department was actually laid off and I couldn't get a job anywhere, nowhere couldn't get a job at the pizzeria down the street, couldn't get a job, you know, with the actual job that had the experience necessities that I had. It was a whole existential crisis. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to jump on the internet and monetize something. And I just had no idea what that meant at the time. But I jumped onto Instagram and I fast forward, went viral for a couple of transition tutorials and really built my platform off of that before it really clicked that, oh, wait, I can build the business that I was talking about five years ahead of time online. (laughs) Right. So it really turned into this, let's use this business experience to help women to monetize their social media and build a build a brand that's lucrative that sidesteps all of the BS that I dealt with and like I hate to be so corny but build the life they want you know right I love that you did that during COVID too because I think for a lot of people you know so many people got laid off and fired and all of these things and I think it's so normal that everyone was freaking out but at the same time I think for so many people it was a blessing in disguise like 
you could still be at that other job right now, probably miserable and like I know wondering how one day you're going to be able to quit and do what you already do now. So like while COVID was a horrible time for so many people, I honestly think yeah. it was in some ways kind of a blessing in disguise. I I a thousand percent agree. I don't think that I would be in this place that I am without COVID. Yeah. I also it really forced me to slow down and really, you know, stop and reflect on the speed at which I was living and balance and the work. So exactly. Yeah. As much as it, it sucked. And oh my God, Kristen, I literally teared up at a commercial yesterday related to COVID. It was a vaccine commercial Okay, and it, it was going on about like, the world is open. It's open. It's open. It's open. And they're um, showing all of these montages of like people getting married and like at college and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, we like went through a traumatic experience. Dude, I think about that all the time. I remember like while COVID was like really like we were deep in it. I remember saying to Andrew so many times like, do you know that this is going to be like in history books and stuff? And we're going to be like, <laughs> we just like lived our daily lives. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it was so weird being in it because you don't, you didn't realize like, you don't think twice. Yeah. Like you didn't really, you have to move on with your life. Like you have to pay the bills. You have to like do your day to day. Like it was, It's crazy to think about. It really is. We went through a freaking plague. <laughs> like honestly wild, like Literally wild. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm glad for that reason that, you know, you were able to leave your job and be where you are today. Obviously, you're thriving and and helping so many people. So I love to see it. Now, you started your agency, but you're also a creator. Like, Mm -hmm. I know sometimes you you work with brands here and there. Like, you kind of have a lot of different avenues of your business. I got a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, but I think as a creator, like, I think you can't not have a lot going on. You know, like, it's... Yeah, I agree. (laughs) It's hard to, like, just have one thing going on. Like, we were just talking about this before we hit record. You know, like, it's so near impossible for a creator to survive solely on brand partnerships because you just never know when they're going to come. Like, I know for me, I'll be like totally honest here. Like for me last year, I would say my income between social me and me being an influencer was probably 80% from brand partnerships, 20% social me. This year, it's probably more like 50-50 because I, it's just been so much harder yeah. to get brand partnerships, especially in the last few months, just because I feel like the country and the economy is just like, what's happening with money? Like, yeah. should we be spending this on advertising? Should we not? Like, I think a lot of companies are kind of like waiting a minute to see what happens. I think there's also this huge flux in the creator economy. And I would love to know how you feel about this too, where there's more competition, there's more people out there, but that also means, you know what, that means that there's more people that are brand new beginners that have a huge following that don't know how to navigate partnerships. And it's really turning off a lot of brands. So as we kind of navigate with this like tightly held budget, people are more hesitant to work long-term and commit to something that's three months long or... We don't know what the next three months are going to look like. (laughs) Right. So we're in this weird place of a lot of influencers, a lot of people that have just jumped into this industry don't know the business norm of, you know, their rates, the, you know, marketing, marketing norms, marketing lingo, how to navigate partnerships. Right. And... It's it's tough. It's tough to bring in a full-time income right. from partnerships alone. From your perspective, like you're someone who's working with brands to to find creators and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, what are you seeing from a lot of your brands like with the way that everything is kind of going with the economy? Brands are definitely holding their budget more closely to their chest. Yeah. They're also really hesitant about being able to track everything that influencers do. And this is tough for me because I know that at the end of the day, 
you're not going to have everyone that wants to buy buy from that singular code that people put out. 100%. And that's one thing that I'm like, you need to look at your own business before you can say this influencer marketing campaign is a failure. Brands are not looking at, hey, my reach is in the toilet right now. Hey, like I don't make a sale from one post. It takes a while. That person that sees this post actually probably buys three months down the line, not the second I post this thing. So it's a lot of knowledge on both sides and teaching people that there's there's a better way to work collaboratively. Right. Like almost managing expectations in a way. Because I I mean, I think about that. So in a past life, before I was doing what I do now, (laughs) I used to um, manage campaigns for brands as well. And I remember working with an energy drink company and they would get so upset that we weren't like automatically bringing in sales with those like affiliate discount codes and everything. And I was just like, guys, if I could walk into Target and buy something, a drink, an energy drink, that's probably how I'm going to buy it Uh. versus the first time I get it going onto your website and buying a 12 pack that I have to pay $15 shipping for. Like I'm going to go to Target and buy one can and see if I like it, but there's no way for you to really track that. So like, that's such a good point. It's hard in some situations. Yeah, I had such a hard time with that because they were like getting pissed off at me that I wasn't like having these influencers that were converting. But I was like, do you understand like the nature of your product? Right. All of those food companies, anything that's in store, you're going to run into that problem. And like, let's be real. Target's huge. Target has a huge selection. The likelihood that all of these things are in Target is actually pretty high. So, or, or food goods, things that you see in the grocery store. I'm not buying, I don't know, pasta, beef jerky. I'm not buying that in the online world. I'm not going to the interweb to buy that. I'm going to my grocery store. And if I see it after seeing an influencer promote it, yeah, I might look at it an extra second. Exactly. But you can't track the extra second that I looked at it from the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think based on all of what we just went over, like the idea that a creator can just live off of brand partnerships, I think is In a perfect world, that would be great, but I just don't think that's the reality of it. I also think that it's a hustle. Yeah. Like, we really have to put that out there, too, is that creators, having having brands come to you is great. And there's so many things that you can do. I know you have your checklist of, like, things that creators should be doing before they even think about pitching someone. Yeah. There's so much that you can do to leverage that on your own account. But if you are pitching, how many people are you going to be pitching? It's a cold There's pitch. There's no guarantees. It is. <laughs> it's sales. You are selling yourself. This is like right. basically a cold message to this brand. So if you're going to bring in a full-time income month after month after month after month, how much of that is just chasing things down? And that's a I don't want to do hustle. that. I don't want to chase down my income constantly. That doesn't sound fun. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) It's definitely not. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, I, with our whole kind of, like, anti-pitch method, the idea is that you're building relationships with these brands so that you can continuously work with the same ones. And I mean, like, again, thinking about the brands that I've worked with this year, I would say 90% of them are brands that I've already worked with in some capacity, either last year or earlier this year, like most of these brands are coming back time and time again. And I bet you too, it has a lot to do with, again, they don't want to take the gamble right now when the economy is all crazy. They would rather work with people that they already know are going to either convert or create the great content or like establish, you know, some sort of progress in their goal, whatever that is, versus taking a bet on someone new. We were just talking about this too, is yeah. after that brand is has reached out to creators, y- you know, they might ghost, they might, yep. you know, not follow through. And how much time does that take for the brand to do all of this outreach, to not get any responses or to have a poor product to that's yeah. going to be delivered late, that's going to be delivered in a way that's not following the brief or, you know, anything under the sun. Right. That's not fun. So yeah, you better believe I'm going to go to my tried and true that I've worked with before that provided an amazing piece of content. I totally agree that my, yeah. my MO right now is not to pitch a ton of brands. It's to 
overperform in the ways that they want and get them coming back again and again and again and again. I think at the end of the day, like the entire idea of creators working with brands is is all about relationship building, like Mm -hmm. planting seeds, seeing what ends up, you know, blossoming into something further. But at the end of the day, I think the idea of sending 50 cold pitches every week that you just copy and paste and change the brand name (laughs) of like, yeah, gag is literally like the worst idea ever. And I just don't think it works anymore. Like people can do it all day long. But I just how much time is that? Are you spending on that? And you know, like, how much are you actually getting back from it? Probably not a lot. (laughs) Right. What is the cost benefit there? And that's the problem that we run into is the cost benefit of reaching out to these brands that you don't have a relationship with. Right. It's low, 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 low. Yep. The success rate is not what people think it is. And I think mm-hmm. so many creators get like so upset about, oh, like, you know, I'm spending all this time and I'm not getting anything mm-hmm. back. And it's just like, yeah, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're not doing it in a way that's like yeah. genuine or that's going to convert into anything. Because again, like this is all about building relationships. And when you're not, you're kind of just wasting your time. Right. And I mean, I think what I hear all the time is my pitch must be wrong. There's something in my pitch that's wrong. And yes, that could be the case. Like I've seen a lot of really tragic pitches. And when you have a good one and their brand is looking for someone, you can have a win-win, but there's no magic solution to pitching because on the brand side, you don't know that they're, they're in a campaign season right now. You don't know if they're looking for someone or not. You might've gotten turned down just because they don't have a campaign running and power to them for being organized and not saying, yeah, we're going to bring on a random influencer. They actually have a campaign season that they're running. You have to be the right creator applying the to right the right time. brand collaboration at the right time. And that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of moving parts to perfectly match up. And that's why I think pitching a lot of the times doesn't end up being what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But instead, if you can, again, like plant these seeds, now the brand knows who you are. Then when it comes time for a campaign where they need, you know, a pink haired person who lives in the East Coast, like you better believe I'm going to be the first person <laughs> they think of, you know? So I don't know how often that happens, but... I just want to be part of the pink hair club <laughs> I, we talked about this we talked i know about this you want to be what part of the pink hair club <laughs> what are you waiting for next time i see your face you i better, better have, have pink hair, hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so let's talk about different options for creators so they've heard our our spiel on like you can't just really depend on brand partnership there's got to be something else if you are mm-hmm. looking to leave your full-time job and have consistent income to depend on right to pay your bills you have to have multiple streams of income so let's talk about like some of those other options so what are the ones that you've found obviously that like maybe work for for you because obviously I mean again you're kind of like a hybrid like you're a creator but you also have your business as well multi-hyphenate yeah exactly (laughs) do too much I feel the same about myself yeah like it's I'm a hybrid I don't know I'm working with brands but also like again, multiple streams of income. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So what are the the different options that people have? And like, which ones do you think are best, I guess? Effective. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I mean, it really depends on the person, which is hard. So with mm. my agency, All Influence Management, one of the big things that we do is really strategize for their next big steps. So whether that is, you know, helping them to build out a journal, helping them to build out merch, helping them to, you know, kickstart a membership or coaching or a digital download or whatever that is. There's always something that we can kind of throw in there to add an extra stream of revenue. Or if it's UGC or, you know, social media management, there's always something else. And that's really your stability maker. So when I first started, I think what really, really had me switch over to the partnership and monetization coaching mm-hmm. is because I had I had replaced my nine to five income by 12K. And I remember saying that in my story, just through partnerships, just through partnerships, not my own stream of income. And I remember saying that on my story and so many people being <laughs> like, oh, wait, 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 back up. What did you just say? What did you just say? You have a full-time income at 12K? And I was like, right. it's a hustle, but yes. <laughs> so 
at that point, I kind of pivoted into these business moves and I really focused on building up my own business. So not only did I create a digital download and a guide that I was selling, but I started offering coaching. I leaned into my eight-week program that I do for creators and created mini courses. Like there's a ton of things that I've tried. And realistically, like yep. that's my toxic trade is I'm going to, you know, do new, 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 new. So the amount of things the that <laughs> Harley has done in the last <laughs> two years is actually <laughs> atrocious. But really what I was doing is building up my own business, my own brand, focusing yeah. on that. So when you have those moments of, I don't have enough income coming in right now. What's happening? Why am I low on sales? Or why am I not getting brand partnerships? You can always have that switch. And that's what I think is the most important is you have to have these streams that will allow stability because I can't just depend on that brand having a campaign this month and being able to pay me two grand. I can't. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No, it's it's not. It's not ever going to work out in your favor. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And you mentioned like so many different streams of income again, like and it's mm-hmm. it's not just like, OK, well, I'm going to be a creator who does brand partnerships. But my other stream of income is going to be affiliate partnerships, because Ugh. again, I, I still don't <laughs> think that is enough. Like, OK, an affiliate partnership, even if you're someone I think who really like leans into those and does really well with those. Like, obviously, I mean, for me, affiliate is like, I'll buy myself a lunch at the end of the month. You know what (laughs) I mean? I'm not making anything worthwhile for affiliate partnerships most times because I just don't feel like they're really ever worth it for me. Me either. Yeah. My own services kind of fill that, fill that gap. Exactly. So if I'm going to be marketing something over and over again in a way that, yeah, in, in a way that makes continuous income because- like, come on, if I make $2 from yeah. every sale for an affiliate versus $2 I make... Is very generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Versus You're like 40 I make, cents, let's be honest. Yeah. Versus 100 or whatever it is from my own pro- products, you better believe I'm going to be offering yeah. my own products. That's, that's the joy of uh, having your own thing. Right. Exactly. You make 100% commission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas when you're working with a brand for affiliate partnerships, you're making maybe 10%. And like, I feel like 10% sometimes is even like... Is generous. Again, like most of the time, it's if it's a beauty product or a skincare product, someone's buying a $30 product, you're gonna make, again, you know, two, three dollars. Like, it's, right. it's just never worth it for affiliate. So again, like, I feel like when you are thinking of different streams of income, the... The affiliate and the brand partnership to me almost still falls under the same category. Totally. I think there kind of still has to be that separate like path. And again, it could be a digital download. It could Mm -hmm. be a course. It could be, you know, coaching calls. And it doesn't have to be on influencer. You don't have to be a coach either. Right. I think that's, I think that is what scares people the most is they think, oh, I have to coach something. Like I'm a beauty blogger. I don't know what to do. Right. But Here's the thing, like... You can do consultations. Like, there's so many options. There's so many options. There's so many right. options. Even jumping on a membership at that point, maybe that's your that's your biggest key. Maybe you jump on, right. you know, a paid membership where it costs $3 a month and you have this community of girlies that, that know how to do their makeup better because they're getting help. Exactly, yeah. Like, I mean, there's... It doesn't have to be exactly like you are setting up a course for to teach something like Mm -hmm. there can just be different like exclusive content. And that's actually something I wanted to mention, too, like Instagram recently releasing that (laughs) subscriptions feature. (laughs) Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I hate it. I hate it. I kind of hate it too. Anyone that jumps on it, it. I'm like, I I don't care. I the problem for me is that creators one don't want to be on Instagram more. They just don't. Also, you're putting out free content right next to your paid content. So you're really telling me with all of the overwhelm of so much content and your Reels views being down because there's so much dang content on that Reels tab that someone wants your paid content? I don't think so. Not on the same map, not in the same place. I don't think that the subscription model is actually a pro creator move from Instagram. I think it's just filling a gap and 
I don't think that's effective. So I do actually have a suggestion and I've been working with this company with a lot of our all influence clients and I love it. So it's a text-based subscription model called Winnow. Mm-hmm. The company is called Winnow. And the reason that I love this is because not only can you do paid and free lists, so it basically fulfills that almost email list-esque kind of space where you're developing your own your own list, your own followers. It's not based on an app. Yeah. But also it's text. Right. So you're telling me that we can't open an email. Open rates on emails are in the trash. Right. But you know what we do open? Texts. Texts. So if you were to create something that was, let's let's go for the example that I was talking about, $3 per month. $3 per month to send out these little texts uh, every so often, to give exclusive content, to send extra videos, the works. That's a really easy thing to get your followers on and to monetize with. Right. Because if you have, you know, even 200 people at $3, that's a good chunk of money. That's, right. yeah, that's an extra 600 bucks. And that's not a difficult operation to send out a couple texts every month. That's pretty nice. Or every week. To send out some text messages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually, I like that kind of like membership model. That's what we use for like our private community as well. Because I think the best part for me, I guess what I've learned in the last year with having like my coaching programs and having the membership and everything. Yep. I used to do one-on-one like mentorship and I would be on calls all day long and I'd basically be saying the same things over and over again. And so what I really found with that was like I was making great money, yes, but I was just spending so much time that again could have been consolidated because I again was saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I wasn't able to like get around to doing any of my other work because I was so busy doing this work. So, I basically what I did was we moved to a membership model because this way I create the content once, it goes out to everyone, and then everyone can like yep. get, you know, like all of the information that they need. But it's nice because I don't have to spend six hours a day on the phone. So I think the membership model is is really, really great for creators because it is only one of your few streams of income. Like you still need time for other things. Right. I think the other thing that it allows is kind of the sidestepping of this ideology that you're exchanging time for income. So the cool thing about being able to offer something super low ticket or lower ticket than your one-on-ones is you can get more people in. Right. More people can afford your $3 a month versus your $100 call. Yeah. That's so much more attainable. So in this place where you have more followers than your list, than your community, you have a lot more opportunity on Instagram to promote that and bring people in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to have a larger volume. And again, you're still kind of doing the same amount of work, but you have Mm -hmm. unlimited ability to grow. You know, like you can grow that list from, you know, $3, $3 a month for 200 people to 1,000 people, but you're still doing pretty much the exact same amount of work. So I love it. I I think it's a great option for like, not passive income. I don't know exactly what it would be called because like it's not passive. You still have to do work, but like residual. Yes, exactly. So like it's it's a different kind of work than again being like one-on-one with every single person and, and having to dedicate so much time to to doing that, you know? Right. So speaking of passive income, so First of all, can you explain what passive income is for people that maybe don't know? And then I'm curious, should creators try to basically have some of their sales stemming from passive income, in your opinion? So I think this is a tricky one. Passive income, the premise of it is having something that you create once that then can be sold over and over and over again and bring in X amount of money. Mm-hmm. My dilemma with this ideology of you don't have to do any work after the first time is you have to market something over and over and over again to actually make sales. So yes, you created the original thing, but if you're not talking about it, 
Right. It can even be in your LinkedIn bio. But if you're not talking about it, you are not going to make sales. If you're not constantly and frequently marketing this thing, then you can't expect to have a solid stream of income from it. So right. I, I think that, yes, it is important to have something that's low lift. So again, whether that be a digital download or a this membership that we're talking about, I would say that's that's really your closest match to yeah. passive income is what's your low lift that you can do every month that already fits so naturally into your content that you know, brings in a brings in money. So we have like this notion template bundle for creators. And it's I like to put my products on Etsy because I feel like Etsy actually does a little bit of the marketing for me. They take percentages and all that. But honestly, again, it's one of those things where like I made the bundle once I put it up there. I look at it every month just to make sure like, do I need to update anything on this? Um, But again, like that doesn't it still doesn't make it passive, you know, because like I still go in there and update it. Like I still have to frequently like make sure it still is what it needs to be. Dude, Um, also the number of times that I've refilmed and updated my eight week course in the last year Oh my God. Wild. Things change. Exactly. Things change. I don't, I really don't think there's something that you can, you know, keep the same knowledge right. on. And even if you are, even if your topic isn't necessarily changing, the general yeah. knowledge of that topic is changing with social media and the trends and everything that's coming out. And like that could be your beauty girl. That could be your beauty girl. But you know what's going viral right now? Some graphic eyeliner. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not the same things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're going to have something like that, like I do with the Etsy shop, you can't expect it to pay your bills. Like it's one yeah. of those things where I put it in there. I don't really market it. I might put it like in our newsletter once a month or something, whatever. Like I don't yeah. really put any sort of effort into it. If people find it on Etsy, they buy it. And I probably sell like maybe three to six a week. From just, again, like from Etsy. But, you know, like that's not something at all I could pay my bills on. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, okay, well, I made it and it lives there. And like, if it brings me something great. But I would never depend on that as something that could actually, you know, like make any sort of... Pay your bills. Yeah. Make a Real money. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I think if you are going to have an option like that, you can't expect it. If you're not going to put any marketing into it, you can't expect it to be a good lump of money. Right. I love what you say about if it makes money, great. But if it doesn't, then so what? We will go about our day and still live. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Also, I was curious about this. This is kind of like something I run into when I'm working with a lot of my students who are kind of on this journey of like, okay, I I do want to like be a brand. I want to have other options. Like I want to, you know, have these multiple streams of income, but they're like, I feel like I'm always being too salesy. Mm. Um, So how can a creator sell their products to their audience without feeling like they're being like too much of a salesperson versus just like this influencer friend that people follow? You know what I mean? Yeah, a thousand percent. And I hear this all the time. And I think here's that here's the mindset shift that we all need is what are females really good at? recommending things to the friends. (laughs) We are not used car salesmen. The way you are going to naturally sell is not going to be super salesy. How do you walk into a conversation with your friend and say, oh my God, I love this. I just got this. I'm trying this out, yada, yada. No matter the category, you're going to talk about food. You're going to talk about clothing. You're going to talk about beauty things. You're going to tell your friends. So we have to switch our mindset away from this is the exact way that you need to sell versus here's the selling strategy that feels right to you. Yeah. Because if you're serving your audience and you are talking to them like they are your friend and you're never hard selling, then it's always going to feel right. At the end of the day, if you are offering your services, it's because you saw a problem. Right. It's because people are struggling with this thing. So you're not selling them. You're serving them. You're not selling something that, something they don't need. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. You're serving them. I love the idea of the mindset change because I think that's really what it is. Like, it doesn't have to be an infomercial where you're no. like, it's only $9.99. Right. And you get all of this, but wait. Like, it's you can sell, like, 
Oh, so I get so many questions. You know, you guys have sent me these questions. So I actually, I put it all together in a guide for you. Like I'm answering all the questions that you're already asking, whatever it is. Like, you know, if you can, again, sell it in a way that almost like doesn't feel like selling, like you said, it feels more like serving. Mm -hmm. I think that people don't look at it in a way that, they're like getting the ick from, right? you know, like I know plenty of people, like I've seen other coaches or th- or people in sales of sorts where they are selling things and it, I like have kind of learned from them what does give me the ick. Right. And so I try and <laughs> do less of that. But something else that I actually learned very recently, I was nervous that I was selling too much. Mm. So I didn't sell at all. <laughs> Because I basically, I was talking with, um, I have like a podcast coach and mm-hmm. I was talking to him about it because I was like, basically my, my goal is to have people listen to the podcast, love what they hear here, and then they want to talk more, they want more information. So they come over to, again, digital products, the membership, right? you know, our Facebook community, all of these things. So basically what I told him was that like, I just feel like I'm bombarding people by telling them like, here's all my options. There's so Mm -hmm. many things you can come by. And so I would just like almost never talk about it because I didn't want people to get pissed off and leave, you know? And he was like, so then are you even selling? And I was like, no, well, I guess not (laughs) then, you know, like, because I stopped even telling like, oh, this is a new podcast episode that's out because I was always afraid that I was selling it too hard. But at the same time, like, like you said, it's a mindset change of being like, I'm not creating this podcast necessarily to sell. Like, that's not the sole purpose is to sell someone something. The sole purpose is for you to listen and get a lot of really great information that you can take and do what you will with. And again, serving people. And so I recently had to make that mindset shift. And now it's funny, like I share the podcast almost every day on my stories. I share in my feed at least once a week. And not one person has been like, upset or up in arms about it. So I think it is a mindset shift. And I myself actually just went through that very recently. I mean, it's a continuous struggle too. It's it's a continuous battle of, am I selling yeah. this too hard or have have my audience just not seen my posts? And that's it. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> that's why we have to sell so frequently. Right. If you want to make money from anything or if you want views from right. something or you you want people to get onto another platform. I think some of the most successful sellers that I see are people that truly post about their product with one or two slides every single day. I'm not talking about a full pitch. Yep. They're not even getting on and speaking. They're showing right. social proof. They're showing texts from people that say like, I love I love X, Y, and Z. And maybe it's not even a new text. Yeah. You know, that's a slide that they created once. Here's your passive. Yep. Here's your passive is you created <laughs> <Hold> this. <on. laughs> right back. You created this slide once and now you can talk about it over and over and over again and link that every day without it being such a hassle. Right. Because I, I, I don't want you to have to get on your story every single day and say, I created this program and you should buy it. And it's, you know, $400 and go. But you know what? Here you go. (laughs) This girl does that with her $400 program. So that sounded like a joke <laughs> with this is $400, but that's what works. That's what works. Right. So go for it. Talk about it. Talk about yeah. more. Exactly. If you're not sick of your own messaging, you're not saying it enough. I love that. I love that. And it's funny too, like I even like thinking about messaging. So at the beginning of the podcast, I say my little intro and then I say the same few sentences at the beginning of every single mm-hmm. one to say like social scoop is the podcast where we teach you da-da. and like it's funny because I changed one thing about it maybe like two or three weeks ago and I got so many messages from people who were like oh my gosh because it was like saying uh, changing the number of money that I brought in yeah and I got so many messages of people being like oh my god I heard that I went from 300 to 350 that's so awesome so it's really crazy sometimes when you are saying the same thing over and over again like it sticks with people like almost subconsciously because they're uh-huh. not listening to it and like they they can recite it, but like they know it, they've heard it multiple mm-hmm. times. So like they're very familiar with it. You really do have to be so repetitive, I feel like, in order to get people to like have something that's going to stick with them. 
we just have to remind ourselves that we know our content better than anyone else. We watch our content more than anyone else. The likelihood that I'm going to watch my story multiple times, that I'm going to watch my reel multiple times is much higher, exponentially higher (laughs) than having any other person in the world watch my stuff multiple times. Yeah. So you have to keep putting it out there. (laughs) I love it. This was so helpful. I feel like if any creators are listening right now and they're like not sure exactly what they want to do, then maybe this episode will get you inspired to kind of figure out like the different streams of income and like maybe which one is right for you. Because again, I think it is, in my opinion, such a mandatory thing if you're going to look to do this full time. Yeah. You can't can't just depend on brand partnerships. So it's it's so much (laughs) trial and error. It's so much trial and error. So feel feel comfy exploring, throwing some spaghetti at the wall. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Harley and I both said, like, we have literally in the last two years tried every single different thing. And I'm sure both of our businesses have just evolved so much to, like, find what actually works for us Mm -hmm. and our, you know, our target audience. So I think another thing to just remember um, to kind of end it off is, like, you're going to try so many different things and they're not going to work. But like, <laughs> you have to just keep trying other things because you'll eventually find the one that does work and then you can stick with that. And then you'll probably eventually have to change that too. <laughs> yep. Yep. It can evolve. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Let everyone know where we can find you and and what fun stuff you have going on. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at the Harley Jordan. You can also come find me and listen for more on Brand Meet Creator Podcast on Apple or Spotify. And if you are interested in having someone manage your creator business. We also have all influence management and our roster is expanding. So if you have 35k plus, you're looking to outsource some of these big business moves, have some have help in developing these big business moves, come check us out at All Influence Collective on Instagram. Yay. Yeah. Also, FYI, um, literally your podcast is one of the only ones that I actually listen to. As a podcaster, I feel like I should listen to more podcasts and be more consistent with them, but I'm not. Dude, I feel <laughs> I the feel exact like same way. I'm like, I yours should is be like doing market research. <laughs> but you know, like sometimes you do too much of it and then you like get in too much into your head. So I almost am happy not. <laughs> Like, yeah, I listen to yours. I have a couple that I sometimes dabble in. But, you know, like that, that gives me all the information that I need. Stop. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Social Scoop brought to you by Your Social Mate, where we help entrepreneurial creators learn how to monetize and turn their online influence into a legitimate, profitable, and self-sustaining business. We hope you absolutely love this episode and come back every Tuesday for a new one. If you really enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review here and send us a DM to let us know your favorite part. We're an open book if you ever want to discuss episodes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at KBOUSQ. We'll see you next week.